and we're plugged in with Maura Collins. Hope everyone's doing great today. I'm here with Carrie Polero, who is an emotional well-being coach for women. Thank you, Carrie, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you uh, on uh, International Women's Day. I know. How fitting. How fitting is that, right? So I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. And uh, how do I explain how I feel about... uh, I, I met you on Facebook a year ago. And there was... You were giving yourself a Facebook challenge... For 30 days to go live and to to do these live videos of yourself, right? You t- pick a topic, you were asking people for ideas, and you were like, well, I don't want to be on video, and, um, you know, I'm a life coach, so this is what I'm going to do for a living, but I'm going to step outside of the box and do some videos and see, you know, where this goes. And so in preparing for today's uh, show, I went went and rewatched all your videos since April of 2020 and the growth that came from that first video of you was amazing. Um, you're a natural. This is your, this is your wheelhouse, much like mine. And, uh, there's something about you, Carrie. I don't know what it is, but I want the world to know about how great you are outside of being a woman in recovery in 12 steps to being a life coach, like talking about the stuff that keeps us plugged in those topics that you talk about, which women and men can benefit from. And I've seen some men give some suggestions for some topics and you completely going and running with it. So why did you want to be a life, a life coach? Why did you want to do this? Well, you know, I had, um, I'd started working with a lot of women in recovery and, um, you know, for me personally, in the beginning, I was thinking, I don't want to work with other people. Why do I need to work with other people? I mean, what do you get from helping other people, right? And so it really started to fill my spirit. Uh, but I was so resistant in the beginning. And as I continued to work with women, it filled my spirit so much. I enjoyed seeing their growth. And I thought, you know, I would love to get paid to do something like this. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a little bit of a business venture. Oh, so funny. And... Um, and someone mentioned, you know what, you should really do, you should look into coaching. And I, I thought, oh, what's that? I had never really heard of coaching before. I mean, I had heard it mentioned, but mm-hmm. I hadn't really looked into it. And then I decided I'd look into it. And I was like, this is exactly what I need to do. That's, Absolutely. That's awesome. So if you don't mind me asking, because, uh, you know, I am in recovery. I've been coming around the 12-step program for 13 years, and uh, you are, too, um, in recovery. How far into your recovery did you decide that you wanted to do this? Because everybody's journey is different. I kind of wanted to get a background on, you know, was it a certain confidence? Like you had a couple years clean that you all of a sudden decided that this is your calling and your talent. Yeah, I had about four years clean and I had done, I had to do a lot of work on myself. And you're right, to get the confidence and to feel like I was capable of helping others. There was a lot of stuff that I had to really work through. I don't think people realize the trauma that we that we go through and that we a lot of times we don't recognize. Right. And so being plugged in and part of the podcast, the idea is being plugged into all areas of addiction. So there's certain things that we cover when we're in a 12 step program, but that's not even getting through the onion of layers of honesty and what makes us own our truth. So, you know, your topics made me get excited about your next video 
and think about all these things you were talking about. Okay, here's a few of them that I really liked. I had to write them down, okay? So, positive self-talk. Talk to me about this. Ooh. So, man, that really, that really hit me pretty hard because I'm the first one, if I, do so, if I say something and I go, oh, man, beat myself up over it. That, that was, you sounded really stupid there. You know, before, um, years ago, I probably would never have come on a podcast like this because if I would have said something that I thought was improper or wrong or didn't come out appropriately, I would have just beat myself up the whole way home. You sounded stupid. You sounded ignorant. And, and so I think, you know, a lot of it has to do with um, we automatically go to the negative and retraining your brain to go, like, straight to the positive. So every night I write down, at the end of the night, I write down my wins. And um, I, I started with, I'll write down three wins a night. Um, and now it's just progressively gotten longer and longer and longer. And what I've done is trained my mind to look for the positive things. Right. Which brings me to the gratitude list, right? We talk about that. Writing down a few things you're grateful for. But there was a video you talked about making a list of what you were grateful for and then applying it through your day um and then you incorporated that topic into something that i had struggle with that i saw right before we started the show you doing and that's meditation so i'd love to hear your feedback on meditation yeah meditation is huge for me um in the very beginning it was really difficult for me just to meditate for one minute and um, I started doing guided meditations, and I would graduate myself from one minute to two to three. And now I'll do, I set aside about an hour every morning. Um, I'll meditate for about half an hour, and then I do, you know, other things like some journaling and whatnot. But um, throughout the day, I also meditate at least, I, at least three times a day. It's very important. That's awesome. So with that comes that whole thing you were talking about, resetting the body and the mind. So we talk about that a little bit in 12 Steps, about uh, believing in ourselves, uh, working through steps, uh, talking with a sponsor about certain things like that, but resetting your mind and your body. You were talking about how sometimes you just don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to go to the gym. You don't want to do work. You don't want to do these things. And like that's the stuff that people need to hear about because people are have all sorts of different issues around mental health and depression and stuff like that, even clean, right? So when you were talking about the resetting of the body and the mind, that totally hit home for me. How do you, how do you push yourself to, through every day to kind of reset your body and your mind to, to even come here? Like what has helped within your recovery uh, to get that motivation going? Well, Facing my fears, that's really what's helped. <laughs> <laughs> right? If I'm afraid of something, I just do it. I have learned um, that if I don't want to do something, that means I need to get off my ass and go do it. Because that's going to get me through it. it usually the thing I don't want to do is the thing I need to do to get me to the next level. Right. Right. So um, what do you feel um, you're going to be like in the next five years? Where do you see yourself? Carrie? Like, what's next for you? I want to know. Oh, my I'm God. I'm so curious. I'm so open. I really, I have really? no idea where I'm going to be because I never thought that I would be doing this right now. 
And so um, it's so funny because when I try to figure it out or I try to get all these ideas of what I want, what I want to do, it's like it, different things come and hit me in different directions and taking me other places that I had no idea were even options. So I think of you sometimes um, talking about some subjects that I've read about, a lot about. Um, one is fear. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But another thing was relationships. Mm. Relationships. Let's talk about relationships, girl. Oh, man. How is your recovery help with that and what you do right now? Relationships. <laughs> well, and it could be any relationship. You don't have to, you know. Well, it's so funny because they tell you, you know, when you get into the program, don't don't get into a romantic relationship. And I was already in one. And um, and so I was like, oh, I'm grandfathered in. It's like no <laughs> big deal. <laughs> it's no big deal. Right. But I, what I really didn't see was I was causing so much damage to right. my relationship because I carried all of the trauma and all the wounded parts of me into my relationship. And not just with the man I was with. It, I carried that into my friendships and um, all my other relationships with other people. Wow. So it's a continuous process, right? Oh, absolutely. We're continuing to grow as women. Oh, yeah. We're always unwrapping and um, looking at things for what they are because every time you experience levels of growth, you have the ability to go back and look at things a little bit differently. Wow. That's awesome. I think relationships are are a challenge in all areas of our recovery. Um, You know, even from when I first got clean... Uh, to my relapse and then when I came back like to now relationships have been a struggle for me but I've noticed that the struggle is more mental than it is emotional it's more like the blend right the life balance between the the mental the spiritual the emotional all that stuff that has to be in balance you know it's okay you know it's good and stuff to go to meetings it's good good to you know work steps with a sponsor and all that stuff that we do but what I do when I'm home alone, that's where the work is, right? So how do you, how do you um, handle being alone versus being lonely? Is there, there's a difference, right? Oh, absolutely. Right. I love being alone. I will tell you that. It's so funny because I never wanted to be alone before. I always, I always thought of being alone as being lonely. And, um, and it was because I would attach myself to somebody and think that they were gonna save me. And I never Mm. got a chance to get to know who I was. And so when I had the ability to move into my own apartment, for example, and be alone and be um, responsible for paying my own bills, like adult things, right, that that normal adults do, but were such a big deal for me. I really got to get in touch with, you know, with who I am. And I was like, man, I really love my fucking company. I'm pretty badass. You know what I mean? That's awesome. (laughs) don't need somebody else there. I love that because that brings you to, um, I wanted to ask you, like, how do you deal even, you know, even before recovery, like now, how do you deal with pain and grieving? How do you help people through going through some like post-traumatic stuff? Like, how do you, how do you explain to them how the grieving process is going to work and then help them through to the other side? Because that is something I think we all can learn from. Yeah. I think that, um, I think it's just, it's a process. It's being able to really identify um, what you're grieving. Like if it's a if it's a breakup, um, a, a lot of times people don't recognize that when I'm when I'm breaking up with someone that there's a level of grieving that occurs there. 
And so I, you know, there's different things that I do. Um, for me, I had a, um, I had a series of questions that I, that I ask myself and I appreciate, I go through, um, different questions as far as appreciating the relationship. What, what am I losing? What am I gaining? What do I have gratitude for? Um, and what does my new life look like now? And so I just work through those issues. And I wouldn't even say they're issues. I just work through those questions so that I can change my perspective instead of looking at it as such a bad thing. I can switch my perspective to looking at it as though it's a positive thing. What's coming up next? Because the reason that this happened is so that it can open the door for something even better. So that being said, what's the secret to your success? What is it? What, what makes don't carry know. carry? What makes me me? Um, Oh, I just think, I think it's radical honesty. Okay. <laughs> yes. Keep it, girl, keep it raw, keep it honest, I'm not right? worried about, you know, now that I'm not really worried about what other people think anymore mm. and just speaking my truth and saying whatever I want to say. Right. Because I have that defect, the people pleasing one, mm -hmm. right? So I have a hard time with that. Like I'm afraid of, uh, everyone liking me or not liking me. And, uh, you know, how do you, how do you uh, be authentic as a, not just as a brand, because you kind of are one now. You know that you're, you know, Facebook famous, like your videos <laughs> are amazing. And Thank how you. do you keep yourself authentic? Because there's a reason I keep watching you. Like it's true, authentic, raw, honest truth. Like how do you keep yourself like motivated to keep delivering that kind of message to people? I'm just, I just work through my fears. Don't think that sometimes a topic will come up and I'll go, oh, I don't know if I can talk about that. And then I'm like, you know what? Who cares? Who gives a shit? Because there's somebody out there that needs to hear it and that ne wants to talk about it, but doesn't have the courage inside to talk about it. So why not? Right. And that's the thing about when you're in a 12 step meeting, you, you're always told to kind of take stuff to your sponsor or whatnot. You're kind of shied away from that brutal honesty, except for someone new or coming back. Mm -hmm. So that's why I really gravitated towards you because it didn't seem like you had fear talking about anything, any topic whatsoever. Now, I will tell you that was a process to get there Okay, because I have been such a fearful person my entire life. So like the, when I had the ability to get to that point where I just didn't give a shit anymore and I can just speak whatever, um, that was, that was such, a, it was a freedom that I can't explain to you. The day that I got on Facebook and was like, I'm just going to talk about herpes today <laughs> because <laughs> I, I just feel like it. I feel like I need to tell everybody about that I test positive for herpes and it's going to help somebody and I don't know why I want to talk about that. Who the hell wakes up and decides they want to talk about that? But um, I just felt like I really needed to and that day was the day that I experienced the freedom. Whew, sorry, it always it's makes okay. me so emotional. Um, oh. I experienced a freedom that I can't describe to you because okay. it was like this heaviness that I had been carrying around that I didn't even know I was carrying around. So when I was able to just fully be seen and express myself authentically, it was just like, whew, I felt so light. It was unbelievable. And so from then on, I was like, I want to feel like this. Always, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know how we are. We addicts chase that high, right? So I want Right. I think we all have something that we don't talk about all the time, mm -hmm. but that, you know, once you talk about it, it's a freedom. It's a freeing, 
Like, I was assaulted. Like, I called you on the phone and I told you about that. Mm-hmm. It's something I don't talk about. I don't go into a meeting and say, hey, I was assaulted. And, um, you know, that was a consequence of my behavior. I mean, it could, you know, through, you know, using drugs and alcohol, but it could have just happened. But, you know, I don't regret any of that. That's part of my story, right? That makes me a strong woman in my recovery and helping other people. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't ever regret your story. Know your truth and speak it and own that. I'm okay with that. Like, um, I'm okay with saying I'm a recovering addict Mm -hmm. and not feeling shame in anyone seeing me on a national level of podcasting, you know, on video and being okay with it. Like, it's okay. Like, imagine that. I think that we've come a long way from a couple of decades ago when you couldn't talk about it. Absolutely. You know, I have to remember that, um, the things that happen to me happen to me. They don't define who I am. They don't. But you have a message, and that honest message, it totally gravitated towards me. And I wanted people to tune in and see you as an inspiration because women need to come out and talk about this stuff. Um, you know, I'm scared of the death stuff, like losing my parents. I'm scared of the my kids growing up. Um, they both have different fathers and, uh, you know, and and I've kind of been mostly, you know, their whole life been the single mom and they've lived in a very different upbringing. Like it, it's okay today to have a blended family. Absolutely. It's okay. Whatever you want. I love it. Okay. And it's okay. (laughs) Just be me. Right. And there was part of me that said, maybe I need to go and see you and have a couple of sessions. Let's talk about what makes Mara tick. And what could make me really um, successful in my podcast and just be able to get on a deeper level with people. Be okay to talk about stuff that I normally don't talk about with hardly anyone. And if you think about it, when you're holding on to something for a long, long, long period of time, all it is is buried pain. Mm-hmm. And the longer you hold on to it, it grows. You know, um, yeah, it's like we shame ourselves and we keep secrets because secrets keep us sick. At least for me. And shame, when I express myself fully out in the open, it's like shame dies in the light of exposure. You know, as soon as I was, now don't get me wrong, the first time that I just announced to the world that I test positive for herpes, I, yes, I felt a personal freedom, but then I have to tell you, the second time I went to talk about it, I was like, oh, you can't talk about that. And then I thought, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> you just. You just did a Facebook Live for like 15 minutes on it. Wasn't it like an epiphany moment? Yeah. Like when I first sat here in the seat and put the headphones on and talked for the first time, I got choked up. I felt that epiphany moment like this is my calling, what I'm meant to do. So I met a a friend of mine and uh, she told me that you sponsor her. And I was like, no way. I knew there was a reason I loved you. I loved you and her and your chemistry. And, and that's what happens. Like we start supporting each other through the program and outside of the program in real life and positive, empowering women gravitate to one another. Absolutely. That's effing awesome. Yes. That's awesome. So, you know, what, what's next? I mean, do you have anything planned as far as more videos on Facebook? Um, you're going to do anything different, like maybe some public speaking? Uh, you know, I've thought about that. You'd be um, great at it. You know, it's so funny because um, I think I failed my speech class in college. 
I was so terrified. That's what I mean. The fear was just so overwhelming. Um, I, yeah, I couldn't speak. And actually, I think, yeah, I did fail. I'm not going to lie. I totally failed because I didn't want to show up on the days I had to speak. I would show up and write the speech, but when I had to actually speak in front of people, it, it wasn't happening. Do you think you could write a book about yourself? You know, like um, something behind the scenes, you know, like I've thought about that. I've thought about that. So good. And then I go, oh, Carrie, you're not a writer. And but it's funny because every time I tell myself, oh, you're not that I talk that that negative self-talk. You're you're not that you're not that I always end up doing it. Right. So it can be done. So do you have a process when you get a new client? Do you kind of go through like their upbringing or if they're an addiction like a little bit about their addiction and do you have like a process that you go through like like do you meet them on the phone or on zoom or how do you kind of go about like getting to know someone new well I usually do um like a discovery call with them just to kind of see where they are um what they want to work on if we're a good fit basically and then you know like they have to be a full body yes I have to be a full body yes and they really have to be a full body yes to doing the work because it's not my work to do. So when all of those things combine together, <laughs> then right. yes, then we're a good fit. But I, I meet people uh, via Zoom. Okay. And they kind of dictate what they want to work on because everybody's different. That's awesome. There's just different levels of, um, I don't want to say the word enlightenment, but it's like we, we are, um, as we start to peel off the layers, we're able to see things that we weren't able to see before. So everybody is in their own journey, their own place in their own journey. That's awesome. So what's your favorite spiritual principle that you like to practice? Is it honesty? Honesty. It's honesty. It has to be honesty. Really? That's the only Were you always good at being honest? Hell no, I wasn't good at being <laughs> honest. Are you kidding me? No way. But I have to, I have to it has to be honesty for me. Absolutely. So do you do well when someone's not honest with you? What happens? Oh, no, I don't do well. Do you shut down? That. No, no, no. Um, I don't shut down, but uh, but it's so funny because you can see it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm, right. I see you over there because I am, I am you. That's how I used to be. So what kind of qualities would be in the most perfect Prince Charming guy in your life? Like, would it be someone like you that's very... I'm authentic and good with honesty and stuff like that? Or are you more like attracted to someone that's an opposite personality? It would probably be someone similar. Um, and yeah, I mean, honesty, integrity. Oh my gosh. Integrity. Absolutely. Yes, A man integrity. of integrity. Oh my gosh. I always seem to uh, gravitate towards men that are opposite of me. Do you know why? I'm super competitive. I'm a Virgo and we're like you know, we have things in order. Sometimes I'm a little nervous to tell people I'm a Virgo because sometimes it gets kind of a bad rap, but um, I always want someone that'll be all right with me being the outgoing, go-getting aggressor, right? And them not being that way. Mm. But then I'm like, hmm, maybe I should find someone that's like me, that loves recovery, that loves being outgoing and has that sales kind of personality. Um, and likes that honesty. So I struggle with that, you know, perfect, who's that perfect guy out there for me? But you know what I've decided to do is date myself and see what happens. Boom. There you Boom. go. What do you think of that? Oh, I think that's awesome because that's what I have been doing and I love it. Really? Yes. I love dating me. Really? Oh my God. It has What's allowed your favorite me. Part? 
um, to really get to know who I am and what I like. Because before, like, uh, you know, like I told you about moving into my own apartment, I remember moving in and going, God, I don't even know what color scheme. Like, what, how am I going to decorate? I hadn't developed anything that I liked because I always liked whatever you liked. I was just like a chameleon. I would conform to whatever you wanted me to be because I wanted to please you and make sure you were happy. People pleasing, right? Absolutely. Wow, that's funny. We're, we're similar like that. Mm-hmm. See, I like to be home alone with no music or no sound or just being a quiet room by myself. It's not really a meditation. It's just being okay with just being with me alone. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, my ex would come home and say, why is it so quiet in here? And he always had to have the TV on and stuff like that. And then, you know, I would say, let's not watch the news before we go to bed. I, it was affecting my dreams at night. It was affecting, like, just my, my anxiety. Um, and recently I started working out again after a spell of not working out. And I know that you love the gym. What does that do for you, those endorphins? Tell me. <laughs> Um, you know, I really believe that we have to have a, re- a good balance, like body, mind, and spirit. And um, so I've always been athletic my whole life and um, always been into fitness. So I, al- I have to make sure that that's balanced as well. But I mean, you know how it gets. Sometimes we can be more extreme and focus more on, um, you know, like I, I've had my point where when I quit doing drugs and, and drinking, I um, went to the gym all the time sometimes two and three times a day, because all it did was the addiction manifested into something else. Let's talk about that for a minute. I have that experience. So when I'm using drugs or alcohol, I lose a lot of weight, and I like the way I look, right? But Mm -hmm. when I get clean, I gain weight, right? So for me, when I work out, it brings back all those memories of how I thought how great I looked when I didn't. I was slowly killing myself every day, right? Right. So how do you help people deal with that drug substitution, right? We're taking the drugs away, but maybe we're shopping too much. Maybe we're eating too much. Maybe we're doing too much of this, too much of that. Too much Amazon, too much of binging Netflix. All those things we're doing, you know, to just, because we're addicts, right? So we have addictive thinking. Mm -hmm. Like how do you help people that are just racking up credit card debt or just racking up all these behaviors that they don't want to do anymore how do you help them get out of that oh man well I mean first it's acknowledging it because a lot of people don't see the uh, so many people focus on the fact that I'm not doing drugs or drinking anymore and but they don't see that oh well I just racked up ten thousand dollars in credit card bills (laughs) right like how do you miss that but it's because you're so consumed with something else that you just don't even see it. You need other people to point it out. But once you see it, you can't unsee it. And so now I have to, you know, go through the process, which for me was the 12 steps in order for me to break that down. All right, cool. So you don't have an extra cookie when you want one. Moderation? You know, for me, um, I don't know that there is a such thing as moderation. Honestly, I mean, because it's like balls to the wall or nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know that. So because I do know that, I just don't have that cookie because I already know where that's going to go. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. So you don't buy that stuff, right? Exactly. I mean, if alcohol is not in my house, I'm not going to drink it. Absolutely. So it's people, places, and things, right? Yeah. You got to change everything. Right. Is there certain things you miss? Let's be honest. Um, You know, I remember 
that it used to be fun. But that was so long ago. And I'm talking years ago until, I, I mean, not when I, when I stopped, it wasn't fun anymore at that point. But I remember in the beginning, it was fun and exciting and I was more social. And then it just slowly grew from there into this like demon that I couldn't control. And it was no longer fun. But yeah, I miss that. I miss that it could be fun. Right. So what do you do for fun now in recovery? Other than going on Facebook Live and kayaking with your dog or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) What do you do for fun? Um, You know, I I do a lot of work on myself. Honestly, I find that fun because I'm just like peeling off the different layers of seeing things that I didn't see before. And that's why during a pandemic, something like this is important, right? A lot of people have isolated and become depressed because we haven't been able to go out. We haven't been able to go to concerts. We haven't been able to go to sporting events. We haven't been able to do the things we did, eat out as much mm-hmm. because of, uh, you know, the virus and whatnot. And I just feel like those people that did get clean last year, like kudos to them, man. Oh, I feel yeah. like they need to get fronted five. I mean, just imagine being a new person in recovery and not being able to, having to sink into Zoom, which I love Zoom. I love video, but not everybody loves it. And um, not being able to go to, in, you know, in-person meetings and stuff like that. Like, did that affect you a little bit with the pandemic? How did you uh, stay positive during that? Well, I had to get creative and I had to switch my mindset. Instead of looking at it as a negative thing, I was like, okay, I'm so great. I get to go to the Zoom meetings. Um, my gym is closed. Okay, I, I have a garage, so I just converted it to a gym. I get to go, you know, buy equipment and create my own gym and do my own workouts so I just had to like get into the solution rather than focus on the problem and that's really what it's all about you know because before I would want to sit in the problem and complain but what does that get me it gets me nowhere solution thinking right absolutely you have to think like that do you think that way about everything do you think I try to I'm not going to say that I'm successful all the time (laughs) because you know when you're like in the middle of your own shit sometimes you just don't see it right do you think of like topics when you go live on Facebook or do you kind of take suggestions from your people that listen and follow you sometimes people give me suggestions or they'll ask me to talk about certain things and a lot of times it's just something that I'm you know I'm going through or that came up for me that day and I'm like you know what I feel like talking about that today and I'll just jump on and do a live what's your opinion of relapse Um, I just think that relapse isn't part of my story. So it's really difficult for me to like say that I have an opinion on it. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just think that what it is, um, it brings attention to the fact that there is something missing in my program. And so now if I'm going to do this, I need to do something different. Okay. I relapsed for 10 years, right? So I got away from the program. I wasn't plugged in and I wasn't connected to my higher power because at the, at the moment that I picked up the drink, the decision was between me and my higher power and I didn't pray and I didn't ask God for God's help and I didn't pick up the phone. Right. Mm -hmm. So we hear about that all the time. And I thought, Oh, you know, this will work for me once in 2007 and I'm good for the rest of my life. Right. Or I was on pink cloud or or anything like that. But from my experience of coming back and now having over two years again, 
I lived through the, that jarring experience of coming back and wanting to be, I was scared, dude. I was so scared that I was going to hit the hard drugs again, that I wanted to be plugged back in so bad. And now I'm plugged in and I'm scared to not be. Yes. Like I, you know, I go to two meetings a day. I work full time. Good for you. I'm working out. I don't know where, I don't even have time to date anyone. I'm busy as hell. But like, take it from me. It, you don't want to experience it. Mm -hmm. But you're, uh, the way you support women gives them all of that plugged in outside stuff that I'm talking about in my podcast that will prevent them from wanting to relapse, right? So one of the few reasons why people relapse, I've done a lot of research on it, is relationships. I mean, people have a hard time in them. People use them as, it was an excuse for me. You know, it happened six months before I even picked up the drink. It was the relapse was based off a relationship. The grief, that, all that stuff. And now I'm grieving that same person again, but this time I'm plugged in and this time I'm talking with you and I'm talking with my sponsor and I have a network of women, badass women that empower me every single day, right? And I already know that I don't want to go back to that ever again. Mm -hmm. So if I came to you and said, you know, Carrie, like, I loved your honesty, but I'm so close to wanting to pick up and relapse, what would you say to me? Well, I would ask you exactly, what are you doing for your recovery? Love it. Yeah, what are you doing? Because there's things that I just have to do. I have to go to meetings, you know. Because you want to go, not because you're being forced. Right, right, absolutely. Well, in the beginning, I didn't want to go. Are you kidding me? No. Oh, my God, that was ridiculous. I sat in a room full of people, and they were happy, and I was like, they have found, they've successfully found a way to use, and I just need to know the right person so I can figure out how to work this shit, you know? Um, <laughs> there's no way in hell they're happy. Is this clean. a cult? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then sitting around and getting to know people, I was like, man, I, I kind of feel better. I feel better by doing, following some of these suggestions and reading some of this literature that I like completely related to. Your success is contagious. So I feel like I'm drawn to positive people. I feel like being positive and being happy is contagious. So when you're in a meeting with a bunch of people, why not share positively? Because that will pass around the room, right? Like the telephone game. Remember the telephone game when you yeah. used to pass the message around? Make it about the message, the hope shot. Absolutely. You I, know what I mean? I believe in the law of attraction. Whatever I put out there is what I'm getting back. Really? Do you believe in karma? Yes. Oh, boy. Have you had some? <laughs> Over the years, you want me to get yeah. honest with you? I will. Have hey, you? that's why I live by spiritual principles today. Okay, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Because I can go right to the street more of behavior. Mm-hmm. I actually was talking to someone, a friend of mine on the phone today. He's like, wow, more I saw a side of you a couple weeks ago. I never thought I'd see. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Because I think that I left that woman behind 13 years ago. Mm. Quit narcotics, right? Relapsed on alcohol, which is a drug, right? But uh, when I was on this, I lived on the street for two years in in Massachusetts, like out of a duffel bag. That's the honest truth. Like I slept on a mattress in a cemetery and it started getting cold in the winter. And for about, you know, six months, I had a place to stay and it was house to house, depending on 
who could take me in. And I had my son and I wasn't being responsible for him. And this is honesty right here, right? This is stuff hardly anyone knows about. Like, luckily, my parents stepped in and they took him and they, you know, they did me a big service, right? But I would only call when the drugs were gone. Like, Mm. this is the stuff that's killing me inside to hold it in. Like, this is it, you know? So, um, I just love having you here. See, I'm getting honest now, and I got to... I love this. This is great. I didn't know that about you. I would never have imagined that about you. Oh, I was... That's uh, how different you are today. Bam. Dude, my... Bam is right. Like, my MO, in order to do whatever it took to get high, was a person I don't even know, Mm -hmm. right? So... Like having you in my life, having you post these videos every single day keeps me wanting to come back for more Carrie. Wanting to maybe think about, you know, going into having a couple sessions with you. So if people are interested in your uh, life coaching, what's your website? CarriePolero.com. Or mm-hmm. they can find me on Instagram at CarriePolero. And uh, if it's okay, I'm going to tag you on my social media so people can start watching some of your videos because, girl, you got something magical going on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything and for joining the show today. Thank you. If you had to give a hope shout out to someone, what would it be? What that message of hope would be? What would it be? To do the work. Stop playing around. Do the work on you. Because at the end of the day, it's me. It's always me. It always comes back to me. If I want to have a good life, then I have to do the work. That's awesome. Thanks for joining me today, Carrie. Thank you. I appreciate it. Take care.